guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Joel. And Jake is not here. He is in Hawaii soaking up the rays. That's enough about him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's, it's super... snowed today. It was negative four yesterday. You know, that 190 E I have is amazing in the snow. On with, winter with, tires. With, on Hakapalitas, yeah. It's, well, it's, because they're on Hakapalitas. Yeah, but there's nothing in the trunk. I didn't throw a bunch of it's bags back there. It's so easy you. to control. It, it's, it's, a, it's a riot. I'm having so much fun. Even Jess was like, I drift. My wife said I drifted the car a little bit. I love your wife. And the last time that she did that, she came home. I had... This is probably, okay, so this must be 2005. It's when the Mark V Rabbit came out, back when they gave me a guitar for buying the car, which is great marketing. So she is driving home in the Rabbit, and she gets home, and the entire rear bumper is ripped off the car. And she's trying to come up with some story about how something else happened and somebody hit her or something like that. And then I'm like, I'm looking at the bumper and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't see any like other car paint. I don't really see anything. And then I finally got her to collapse and tell me that she was practicing e-brake slides so that she could impress me later. That's a woman to marry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, it's basically what happened. And shortly after that, we did get married. So and here um, we are. Before we go a little bit further, I want to <laughs> talk about Omaze. Omaze is a fundraising platform that offers a once-in-a-lifetime experience, including dream-worthy cars. So far, they've raised over $130 million for charities around the world. Right now, Omaze is giving away a fully restored 1968 Bullet Mustang. And guess what, Joel? What, Chris? Richard Rawlings is coming on the podcast next week. Oh my God, no way. To talk about the Bullet Mustang that they built, some Gas Monkey Garage stuff, and a little bit of history behind him and Gas Monkey Garage. It's a really, really interesting interview. I did it earlier today. It's going to be great. So, this Mustang um, that they built is 600 horsepower. It's got like a, it's a, it's a big block motor that's in there, and but it looks kind of stock at the same time. Like it's kind of like this sleeper style thing. Um, Omaze even covers the shipping and taxes, so you have nothing to worry about. The best part is that every donation goes to support Gas Monkey Garage Foundation, which supports causes like empowering veterans and supporting Alzheimer's research. So head over to omaze.com slash overcrest to check it out. And with a donation of at least $10, you are entered to win. That's omaze.com slash overcrest. And be sure to use the code overcrest5050 to get 50 bonus entries. All right, so I was looking at Motor Authority's website, and I saw that you guys are getting ready to reveal your 2019 Car of the Year nominees. We have, well, we so we revealed the nominees on, when is this coming out? This is Monday? Monday. So yeah. we so a week ago, yeah. I guess, uh, or this last Monday, depending, you know, recording this on Friday, Thursday. Uh, so a week ago, as of when this comes out, we revealed all the nominees. The finalist nominees. I so, mean, the list starts out a lot longer than that. I, I get why you got how you guys pick a winner. You know, there's a lot of variables. But right. my question is, how do you pick the cars that are even nominated? Oh, so that's simple. So that's simple. Uh, so it, it 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 it's it's really easy because basically you start out with a list of everything new that year or heavily refreshed. And remember, we have three sites, but each site has their own qualifications. So, so Nissan go. has no chance whatsoever of being nominated for Motor Authority. <laughs> not this year; they had nothing new. <laughs> exactly. But like you start out with uh, everything that's new or really heavily refreshed. Okay. And then from there, it goes down to a lot of smaller variables. So like we got to get at least one or two of us into the seat time for it. So it's kind of subject to availability, right? Right. Uh, or, or, and then there's also availability of if you can't show up to our final testing, uh, when we all get together as a group and go to racetrack and back roads, uh, you're out. Like you have to, as be, a manufacturer, you're out for with that car is with out of the running. Like yeah, we yeah. have to be okay. able to, as a group collectively tested against the competitive set. Right. And then, so how many people are doing this with you? 
Our whole editorial team. There's okay, six so of us. Six of you. So do you guys have kind of different views on, do you guys ever get in fights about, oh, yeah. hey, I really think this is another guy's like, well, this thing, I don't care about that. This is what's important. How do you guys decide? Yeah, Kirk's wrong all the time. <laughs> How do you guys decide what's most important and pick a car? I mean, look, we all have different priorities and we all we all have different jobs there, right? Like Banked it runs green car reports and that's focused on EVs and green and hybrids and stuff, right? And so, and Robert Duffer runs the Car Connection, which is an in-market consumer shopping site. So- you know, Robert's take on the Supra was just wrong, and that's fine. And so, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so, so we all had different, we all have different personalities, and we all have different things we're looking at, right? So at the end of the day, we end up over sitting over pizza and beer and basically arguing, like legitimately arguing about the cars. And usually what happens is you go into the, the week that we call best car to buy week, you go into the week, and there's front runners. Like, there's a prediction of like, I, I tell Kirk, I'm like, you know what? I bet you just can't come down to these one, these two or three. Like, fell out, flat out. And typically, we've had enough seat time outside of them. I try to get into as many as possible before we go there that I, I have an idea of what I'm talking about. And the, but, the, but, but they're usually not on racetracks, right? So things tend to change once you put a car on a racetrack. And right. Like, I really didn't like the Supra on the racetrack. It was kind of a hot mess. Right. Um, so, so, so there's that. Uh, but, but it comes down to that. And then, and then we all have to, to, we end up voting. I mean, it's literally, it comes down to a vote, arguing and voting. There, there has been times that people have been outvoted. It is what it is. Like most years it's unanimous and that's a good time. It should be like almost like a Supreme court decision where you have like a, a five to four decision and someone has to write the, uh, the, 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 the decision and someone has to write the dissension. I mean, there could be a little bit of, well, so actually that started a couple of years ago. Cause, cause you know, basically what happened was a couple of years ago, I think. I think it was the M2 that won a couple years ago. And I basically was talking about, I was like, we just picked this car, but here are all the things I would change about it to make it better. And Kirk is like, that's a post. So now every year, uh, I think it's the day after I had to look, uh, we run a post that's like, here's the winner. Here's how we'd make it better. Here's how we change it. And, sure. and, and we'll run that again this year. And I, I now that I own that. I read that every year. So when will people be able to find out? January what? 2nd at 8 a.m. Eastern. January 2nd, 8 a.m. Eastern. And we'll post that up on our website so everybody can check it out too. So you guys are <clears throat> you, I'm sorry, saw the new Tahoe and Suburban. And I didn't, yep. I wouldn't normally care. I would normally go, I don't care. This is not something I can ever afford because they're a million dollars. But then I saw a picture of the new Tahoe and went, whoa, wait a second. This isn't just a small Suburban. And I think that's really, really interesting to see that it looks quite a bit different because normally it's just, it literally is a smaller uh, Suburban, right? I mean, till now. So kind of. It, it is a smaller suburban. It just, it just every they ran, rolled out four, two suburbans and two hot Tahoes that night uh, on Tuesday night, and they had different variants for each one. So they rolled out, rolled out uh, a Tahoe RST, which is like their sporty one on twenty twos and whatever, and they had a high country uh, suburban, which is like the luxury one. Then they did a Premier uh, suburban, and then they had a Z seventy one Tahoe, which is the one you saw and was like, right. holy crap, that's different. It that's, looks like a Forerunner, but something. you're gonna be able to get that Z seventy one model in a suburban. Okay, so, so but this so thing has like air suspension. It that has lifts four it corner up. air suspension. It looks that goes like up the approach four angle looks yep. really aggressive. Like yep. you could actually use this thing. Yep, it's really really so, impressive. So, but you'll be able to get that in the suburban. Uh, and and so four corner air suspension can be on the the high the high country, which is the luxury one, and then also the Z seventy one. Is the wheelbase the same? And then the the nope. back end of the suburban is just a bus, or what's the? No, wheelbases are different, okay. and so are the lengths. That's. Awesome. So yeah. the uh, the new Tahoe is actually <laughs> probably capable of doing something interesting. Probably. That's awesome. Yep. So um, why do you think they're spending so much money on a brand new Tahoe in a Suburban when in a few years they're going to be going all electric anyway? So they're not going all electric. Uh, GM is committed to have, if don't quote me on this, but something like 30 EVs by 2030. 
Okay. Uh, and Cadillac is most of those are gonna be Cadillacs. The Cadillac is leading their charge for right. like, like Cadillacs almost in goal. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like I work with words for a living, and so so so. But Royce, Mark Royce, president of America, basically or president of GM, was basically at the reveal of the Tahoe and Suburban. Flat out said, "Look, people are not gonna all be electric. That's not gonna work for everyone right now." And so we're still going to offer gas. We're still going to offer us SUVs and because they're big people movers. And because they have a huge amount of margin and are actually, my thought is that they, they cost a lot of money to develop, but they also cost a lot of money. They make a lot of money. They, they sell a lot of these. That's what's paying for all the EVs that they're going to do yeah. is, is these vehicles. So they pretty much have to develop them. Well, so they just put $1.6 billion into the Arlington plan in Texas to build these things. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's the whole it takes money to make money concept. There's no yeah. question that they've done a huge investment up front to make these things. But, I mean, a loaded Tahoe today goes for seventy five grand, And and That's these are also wild, the base man. These are the base of the Escalade. And I bet you a loaded Escalade next gen, I'll bet you it tops 140. I think I would probably have to be one of those guys that takes out a 120-month loan to be able to afford a new time. Please don't take out a 120-month <laughs> loan. Anyone that listens to this, do not take out a 120-month loan. Absolutely crazy. Okay, so <laughs> the uh, the Volkswagen ID3 sound has been revealed. Have you heard it yet? I have not heard it. All right, I'm going to play you the sound right. for the ID3. All right, so what I did is I actually pulled that sound file out and I put it on, in Adobe Audition, digitized it, and I cleaned it up and enhanced the sound. And I'm going to play it back for you again. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I think of when I hear that sound? What's that? Uh, the car is in Demolition Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, well, it made me think a little <laughs> bit of something like this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good to be back on the show. We <laughs> would wait for it. I know what this is with a slide rule. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what this thing sounds like. It is the most uncreative, boring sounding electric vehicle that I've heard yet. It made me think, are they gonna have are the the more expensive cars gonna sound like they're gonna spend more time on the sound to make them sound better? And the crappier ones like an ID three are actually gonna sound worse because they're a lower tier vehicle? I'm not, well, my guy tells me Volkswagen will tell you it's not worse, sir. It's just different. It's different, Chris. It's worse. Um, but it is yeah, 100% yeah. worse. You heard that sound, right? This, yes, I mean, it's, I, yeah, it's, it sounds like, luckily for you, though, we're not getting the ID3 here in America, supposedly. So that's, yeah, but it's going to sound the same as a little ID crossover or the whatever ID4. it is. The ID4, which, yeah. why aren't we getting, I, I don't know, because Americans don't like cars, supposedly. Yeah, I suppose. So I was going to wonder if anybody's going to be able to hack these sounds and get it to play. You know. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Tesla owner, you're going to expect it to fart. You're going to absolutely expect that. So um, one of the bigger <laughs> stories of the day is the other day, the EPA released the numbers on the Taycan. Yep. And it says that it's going to have just... 200 miles of range. There's technically 201, but let's not get cut up in detail. Yeah, let's, well, you can get that extra mile. Um, it's massively <laughs> disappointing. Um, the EPA has published a 200 mile, 201 mile estimated range for the 2020 Porsche Taycan Turbo, a lower figure than what the vehicle's 93.4 kilowatt hour battery suggests. Just for example, the the battery that's on the Tesla, which is a 100 kilowatt hour battery, has an EPA rating of 348 miles. You can get up to 371, I think, in the Model S. Yeah, and apparently there's two batteries for Porsche. They say Porsche says 250 miles and 287 miles with the Performance Plus battery, which really it's an extra 37 miles. Where you, I mean, you'd think if you were paying for a better battery, you'd get 
more than just 37 miles out of the vehicle? What's going on here? 200 miles? This reminds me of when the Mini came out and they said it was going to be great, but then the EPA estimate of that was 110 miles, and it's dead. Nobody cared. I mean, I think it's it's more than just this Porsche thing. I think it, it's 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 also the the e-tron and the the iPace, and it's a larger thing. Right. Um, the e-tron is 204 miles, and the nope. iPace is 234. Also with 90 some kilowatt hour battery packs, or around there. So yeah. is this software or batteries? <clears throat> Do they not have as many batteries packed in there, or is it a software issue? It's 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 a multiple prong issue. But but this this is look the Germans know how to build cars. You get in a car and it feels like it was built by someone else who they're doing. And that doesn't happen in Tesla. But at the same time, Tesla's got over 10 years of battery management, thermal management, and more importantly, battery cell chemistry stuff going on. And at the end of the day, they know what they're doing at this point when it comes to extracting the most out of those battery cells. So it's, I mean, we had this discussion about the iPace when, when, the, when the iPace launched internally because we were barely getting 200 miles out of that thing. It's terrible. Um, and, and, and so what it really comes down to is the Germans have not figured out how to best deal with battery management and more importantly, uh, the, the, the efficiencies of all of it. Which is crazy that it's the first <clears> time that the Germans have not been able to do something that another manufacturer has been able but to do. But the other manufacturer's got 10 else. years of them. It's like starting out when it's like it's like your ten year old expecting your one year old to be able to just because they're German be able to walk as fast as your ten year old. It's not going to happen. Well, if every other one year old that was birthed before this one was able to do it, then you it would make you think that the Germans would be able to do this. Well, everyone gets disappointed once in a while in life. I, I mean, look, there's, there's also other things at play. So I think that uh, Tesla really pushes the envelope with their batteries as far as 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 getting the most out of them. And, and how long-term that will play out will be interesting. I think the Germans are being far more conservative to try and protect the life of the battery and right. be able to deliver. Also, the Germans are trying to deliver all that in all conditions. And Tesla is playing, like everything else, pretty fast and loose. It's, it's interesting that that's really all they have going for them, if you think about it. Because all these other cars that are coming out are going to be better quote unquote cars. Yep. But they don't just won't have the range. Right. But I mean, the range is like, it the, does it's seem like it's thing. a big deal. It's a big well, deal. Hang on. No, it's not. That's not the only ACE Tesla's got. The supercharger network's legitimately an ACE. Yeah. But there's, for now. for now, unless you're trying to come home from Thanksgiving dinner on a Sunday and there's 400 people in line, you have to wait an hour if to charge If you're in an Audi e-tron, you're just gonna have to hope you can even find one. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I, I mean, that's just where we're at. It's early, early. This is the infancy. This is like when the Model T and you want to cost the country and you're hoping to God you're going to find a gas station. That's where we are with electric cars. Right. I mean, it's it's early days, especially if you don't have Tesla. Tesla Except makes you, it easier. <laughs> in the back of the day, you could have put a bunch of gas cans in the back of a trailer and gone and gone for it. Now, what are you going to do? You're just going to fill it up with Tesla solar tiles? Call it a tow truck, I guess. Yeah, I, I suppose. Mean. So uh, I want to remind everybody to head over to patreon.com slash Overcrest. If you want to support the show, we uh, we have exclusive episodes up there. We send out T-shirts, stickers. Um, if you sign up and uh, for a high enough tier, I'll send you a print, and we'll go through and we'll try to figure out what print you might want, which is really unique because I don't sell prints anywhere else. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. <laughs> support the show. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate that. So, uh, Peak Wheel has been achieved. This is an article you wrote. This is my it, interview, yeah. And I thought the title of it was really interesting. Thanks, I created that. Yeah, so Audi design boss Mark Lichty. Is that how you say that, Mark Lichty? Mark Licht, I think, but but he's German, so it's... it's probably mm. like something different. Wheels larger <laughs> than 23 inches make no sense as vehicle footprints don't get bigger. 
Lichty said. Audi's push towards electrification will keep electric vehicles the same size or make them smaller as the packaging of all electric vehicles allows for larger interiors. And I was thinking to myself, apparently he hasn't seen the X7 Navigator, the new Suburban that you just showed me. But those all only come up to 22s, not 23s. Yeah, but then uh, Dan Sandberg, the president and CEO yep. of Brembo North America, hosted GM design boss Michael Simcoe mm -hmm. on his podcast and said, uh, uh, he's, what did he say? One of the topics the duo covered was vehicle corners or their wheels and brakes. During the interview, Simcoe <laughs> said that GM's design philosophy, along with the rest of the industry, apparently, is heading towards 24 and 26 inch wheels. I also heard about that. Yep. Um, so do people just not want to be comfortable anymore? Because it's people. It's really I, I think the, the I think the general consumer does not understand or know that this is going to significantly increase your cost on tires. It's going to significantly impact the ride and handling of vehicle and the fuel economy and the fuel economy. The the amount of weight these wheels add. The 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 amount of of how it affects your suspension. Consumers Cost don't know that. tires. I said that first. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was my number one one. <laughs> the, the biggest thing is consumers don't understand. They don't know. All they know is they look at that thing and say, dang, those 18s look small in those big wheel wheels. Yeah, but I, I feel like as I've gotten older, there's I just don't care anymore. As I've said before, there's like this chart that has a tire profile well, that's because we're old and we're like, get off our lawn. We have coffee on our lawn. Yeah, as my age goes up, the sidewall that I require goes is not as small. It goes up as well. Right. So now my 911's got 60 series tires. What and do you, I don't want little rubber band tires anymore because I don't want to worry about it. You know what's interesting is I had the uh, the X7 during Thanksgiving in LA. And I looked at the tires and wheels and didn't look at the actual, what it said on the sidewall. And I was like, wow, this is refreshing. I think it's got 20s, which is also sad to say. But, but uh, And then I looked at it closer and it had 21s. I was like... How does it have such large sidewalls and it has twenty ones? Like, what is going on right now? Which side note, it had the same tires on it as the GMC Sierra Denali had last winter. When I said this has luxury truck tires on it, and I was just thinking to myself, this X Seven has the same tires as a pickup, which means this pickup does not have truck tires. No, but anyway, yeah, um, for sure. But, so, but, yeah. Speaking the, of the X Seven, um, I went and looked at their website just because I was just looking around, and the tagline on the website: "This is BMW USA's website." This is their official tagline. This is the first thing they want you to see when you type in BMW <clears throat> X7 into Google. BMW X7, the biggest BMW. That's, that, I'm just trying to figure out how we went from ultimate driving machine to the biggest one we make. <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's hard for me to comment. I have a first driver view on that vehicle coming out in the next two, well, it's a 19, so before January 1st. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I wrote it yesterday, actually. And, and what I'll say is, a preview of it, I guess you'd say, it's kind of basically a 7 Series for when you outgrow your 7 Series. How can you outgrow a 7 Series other than needing Three to kids. drive over things? Oh, I suppose it's 7 Passenger, right? I guess right. it's. I guess that's... Right. It's a full three rows. How much is that thing? The one I had? Sure. Hundred and, uh, 92 grand. Jesus. <laughs> all right. So uh, Cadillac, you know, the, all the stupid names that they have now, which are just meaningless. And if, if anybody that doesn't know about cars, you tell them this name, they'd have no idea what you're talking like about. Like the XT6 I have sitting outside with the 400 Newton meters of torque, which <laughs> is not 400 Newton meters. It's rounded up. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, come on. That, does, that, does, that V6 does not just happen to have 400 Newton meters. So they round up. Mm -hmm. All right. So the General Motors luxury brand on Thursday <laughs> said it will drop its alphanumeric nameplates and transition back to actual words as it electrifies its lineup over the next decade. 
GM is using Cadillac to lead its electrification efforts, as you mentioned earlier, which includes 20 all-new electric vehicles globally by Who Cares. We're entering the decade as an internal combustion engine brand. We'll exit the decade as a battery electric brand. It's the end of the ice age for Cadillac. I'd like to note here that you had the quote, which means it was 20, and I said 30 earlier, so we did correct me right there. Oh, okay. Well, whatever, <laughs> that's fine. All this makes me think of is the squirrel from the movie that's trying to get his nut. From Ice Age? Yep. He's like rolling the squ- little uh, squ- uh, um, Chipmunk. Squirrel? Is he squirrel? No, is he? he's squid. Or uh, He's not a squid? No, the name. The name is, uh, it starts with an S. Oh, I have no idea. Um, so, Johan de Nijsen introduced Cadillac's current naming scheme, CT4 through CT6 for sedans and XT4 through XT6 for crossovers. The brand sought to mirror German luxury rivals. I'm guessing they're talking about the Audi A4 and the 330i or 325i, and it was all numbers based. With that's because he created that there. Okay, so and then he went to Infinity and said, "We're going to drop. We're going to do Qs for sedans and QXs for SUVs." So and this then he guy went to G- screwed up everything. Johan, why, dude? <laughs> um, back in the day, it was uh, it was cool. So when Cadillac started, it was Model A or Model B. But they also did a Bugatti-style thing with Type 51, Type 55. And I think that's that would be an underrated way to do it. Having the, I'd be down with that. I would think it was really cool if we went back to the type. I mean, it's not going to be Bugatti where it spells T-Y-P, you know, the way they spell right. it. But Type 55 would be really, really rad. So um, what are some of the rad Cadillac nameplates that should be revamped? What's your first choice? Broham. So Broham sounds like somebody who doesn't wear a belt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd actually look up what Broham means. And I pulled this off a of wiki. A Broham was originally a car body style where the driver sat outside and the passengers seated within an enclosed cabin. How much of an a-hole do you have to be <laughs> to have your chauffeur outside while you're enclosed in the car? They were rich people. They're very, very, very In Detroit rich. in um, the winter. The earlier Broham horse-drawn carriage is a really fine example of this. Similar in style to the later town car, the Broham style was used on chauffeur-driven petrol and electric cars. In later years, several manufacturers, namely Cadillac, have used the term Broham as a... <laughs> I feel like Broham I is know. like a locker room term. I know. Broham? Why is that your number one choice? <laughs> it's just the one I thought of off the top of my head. Uh, so I think of uh, Fleetwood, which was their yeah. first named car. So there was a bunch of different <laughs> types and models, stuff like that, but then they would add Fleetwood to it, which was uh, basically a trim designation for a long time. Also, we see El Dorado, which is one of the longest lasting models ever from 1953 to 2002 went through 12 generations but that one sounds a little antique i'm not convinced they need to bring back old names though because they've had a lot of cool uh named concepts like the cl c-i-e-l that was cool um and 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 so they could do they've had a lot of those that are awesome in the last eight to ten years what about deville or coupe deville think we're gonna get those no, I don't know if we're going heritage. They seem old. The names feel old, don't they? When I I didn't think they did, but now that I'm reading them out loud, Coupe de Ville sounds ancient. I mean, look what what Link has done has been genius, right? They've got the Aviator, the Navigator, the Corsair. They brought back names, and these are all names that feel like nautical, and they're all names that aviation f- and yeah, 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 yeah and 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 they're they're gorgeous vehicles. I but mean, El Dorado and Fleetwood and Broham and. Cimarron and Calias. Straight up 70s and it 80s. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. It's just. It's, now imagine your electric Fleetwood SUV. <laughs> yeah, the Fleetwood EV. <laughs> so there was a, I was looking and there's a, there was a, there's so many different versions of a Fleetwood. Yep. Like zillions. And yep. one that I thought was pretty cool was the Fleetwood 60 Special. Have you, have you heard of this thing? No. Okay. So the Cadillac 60 Special 
is a name used by Cadillac to denote a special model. Since the 1938 Harley, Harley Earl Bill Mitchell design extended wheelbase derivative of the Series 60, often referred to as the Fleetwood 60 Special. The 60 Special designation was reserved for some of Cadillac's most luxurious vehicles. It was offered as a four-door sedan and briefly as a four-door hardtop. So basically, this thing was almost a limousine. It was just Dude, this short. This thing's legit. Yeah. I'm it, looking at it on Google. They're just short of a limousine. Just one trim package below that. Um, this they is also, when cars were cars. You know yeah, that? Yeah. This was also, uh, they had a 60 special Broham de Elegance. That was de a elegance. that exists. That thing existed. And for another $750, that trim level included a unique pillow style velour seating trim, as well as more plush carpeting and a few additional features, which I could not find anywhere on the internet. And then you have the 1990 Fleetwood oh, 60 no. special. Oh, no. Because that's what I grew up with. Oh, I mean, get, the thing is, is these things are so comfortable. I think the power steering pump has more power than most of the cars. And for sure. I mean, you don't feel Dude, a these thing. things were so overbuilt back then. So, so power for the <laughs> 1976. Uh, don't look, don't look, don't look. You're I'm looking. Not, I'm looking at photos of the 1990 okay, okay. Fleetwood. Right, calm down. I want to ask you what a power, <laughs> what you think the, this thing made for horsepower. Power for the 1976 Cadillac, Cadillac Fleetwood 60 Broham cars were from a large 500 cubic inch V8, which is eight liters. What kind of power do you think that thing made? 289 horsepower. 200 horsepower. <laughs> we wonder why the Two. polar bears are dying. <laughs> 200 <laughs> horsepower. Oh, man. Come on, man. All right. So did you see Elon driving around in his truck? I did. I know. This is. I would like to discuss the fact that this is not news, and we did not run this. Exactly. That was my point with this. Is this so was, not news? This was everywhere, and it is not news. Not over on Motor Authority. Has any other manufacturer received this kind of paparazzi type news? It's just. I ridiculous. mean, well, no. So, so, People so, are, it, the C8 Corvette did. The Supra did. Like cars right through the reveals. Car like that, high profile vehicles. When they were spot on the road, they definitely got. Not on our site, of course, but other sites definitely ran that. It seems like these. this is even not even car news to people. It's like the celebrity type yep. thing that's been drummed up behind this. Yep. And so he run, He pulls out of a restaurant. No, Elon's no, driving this Nobu, thing. Nobu. Nobu. That's probably Nobu. super expensive. Oh, yeah. thing isn't licensed, which is probably illegal. It is licensed. It had a plate on it. Manufacturer oh. plate. Because it's a prototype. But you're supposed to be using it as testing. Of course, that was not taking, testing. Taking out to eat right. dinner is not testing. It's marketing. Not even close. Um, and the thing is, he ran over a cone or a sign or it something like that. It was a sign, like the valet, uh, the parking sign, yep. But here's the thing. When you watch the video, he actually runs the red light. He did not run the red light. It I was see just, it. It was dissected. It was not running red light. Come on. It's all I, green and red. It's it, it, it was not running red light. It's I'm telling you what I saw on Twitter. Okay. Oh, the way that... <laughs> So, so some of the people that live there uh, in in LA that know that the, the stoplight know that area. They they said that uh, something about a right turn and whatever. It's he didn't run the red light, but he did hit the pylon, and and he hit that because you can't see out of it because it has no mirrors, no mirrors. It has no sight lines. It has so many things. <laughs> There's so many questions. What are your questions, Joel? I you know what? I'm glad you asked. I have a list of eleven of them that, that, that were just at the top of my head sitting on my authority that people can read. What are what are some of these questions that you have? How is that lighting DOT legal? How are you gonna What use... lighting are you talking about now? The headlights? All of it. Okay, all of it. What what the, he, the headlights and the taillights. So so I I'm not hundred percent convinced how it's all DOT legal. 
like yep. like to meet like standards. Right. Uh, how is it going to crash? A really good question that that people don't really want to seem to 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 talk about is, all right. So let's just buy the fact that it's it's super super cold roll steel and super strong, right? And he hit it with a hammer, and that's really cool. Great. Except for when it hits some guy in a Jetta. <laughs> for, okay, hang on. So, so you went to hitting a guy in a Jetta, which I, I mentioned in my article. It's like, so what happens when this collides with a car that's not built like a brick shit house? But what happens when it hits a pedestrian? Oh, they're gonna just explode like it's a gonna tomato. obliterate. Somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a danger. I, it's a concern of mine. Of like, right now, cars. Like, if you hit the the hood of the XT6, I have. It's meant to crumple in a certain way against a human. I mean, you're still gonna get hurt, but like, mm-hmm. it predicts that. It took a sledgehammer to it during the reveal and didn't leave a ding. Well, to be fair, to play devil's advocate, that was the door. Number one, he took a sledgehammer to yeah, the I'm door. Yeah, I'm sure the bumper's and way he, weaker. Here's what he's going to say. It's With autopilot, it's not going to, it's going to just stop. It's not going to hit that's the person. That's crap. Of course it is, but you know that that's what he's going to say. I don't care what he's going to say. All right, what else? What else other questions do you have? Uh, so where exactly is that Tanu cover or vault cover going to go? And also, more importantly, how is that going to work with snow and ice when it gets covered and then it wants I to go back in? I was just thinking, like, what if it's fall and there's some leaves? After three or four years, leaves... Three or four years of leaves falling on that thing, it's going to be disgusting in I there. I just want to know how stone ice. Work? Stone ice is going to go in there. And then more importantly than that, when it's closed... How do you see out the back? And they're going to say, well, you have a camera. And I'm going to say, I have a camera that XT6 right now that flips so you can use the mirror for a camera. And guess what? I can't see squawks. It's snowing out. <laughs> so so now I'm going to be blind behind my truck? Like, what? How does that work? Uh, it's also wearing custom-made Goodyear Wrangler tires. They look like concept car tires. Is yeah. Goodyear going to make a special 35-inch tire for that truck? Is it going to have regular production tires? Like, how is that going? There's so many things. It's it's it feels like this car is a girl that you take out at night or you pick up at the bar and she's super hot and you really like her. She's got all her makeup on and then you wake up in the morning when it and this is would be the production version and you just go, "Whoa, what happened here?" and you just try and kick How her much out of alcohol bed. was I drinking? Yeah, you just try to get her out of the house as fast as possible. I mean, there's there's also the question of of and I'm not an engineer, but the it, the the roof, it peaks over the guy someone's head. How is that going to pass current or future roof crush standards? Like, I don't know how that works. Like, it, it, it makes no sense to well, me. Well, a triangle is an exceptionally strong. I certainly thing. hope so. <laughs> I, I they, like I said, I don't have the answers okay, to my there, questions. Is there anything you mm. like or are into with that truck? Is there anything that like, yeah, this this is good. This could work. Uh, I mean, look, they're promising 500 miles of range, which my gut tells me is just taking two of the 100 kilowatt battery packs and stacking it. Um, that's, I mean, 500 miles of range is great. And the amount of power and torque they're going to get, I believe because of, I mean, electric motors have a ton of power and torque, right? Um, so all that's cool and that's great. And I like it. Um, do you think there's a market for this thing? You think people, cause they took 200,000, 200,000 people think there are. Yeah. For a hundred bucks, which is <laughs> right. all that is, is a loan it's to a Tesla. Cheap talk. Yeah. It's a, it's a great free, free loan. Interest free. Well, you got to build the model Y somehow. Exactly. <laughs> That's been the plan. This I'm whole still, time. I still, I'd like to know how many tents are going to build. Where are you going to b- build these trucks? How many tents can they build in the Fremont factory plant? The the governor of Alaska or something said that they can build them up there, and his constituency like freaked out. And we're like, no way, you're not building. Well, where are you going to build the semi? Where are you going to build the roadster? Where are you going to build the truck? Like all these things they're doing the next two years. So what is the Model Y? What is it's a lifted up crossover hatchback version of the three? Why isn't it? Where is it? When is it supposed to be here? Uh, It's supposed to launch next fall, and they've already pulled it up to next summer. Okay, so it's and they're going to build it at Fremont supposedly somehow. Not really sure how. 
And How why would you want that? that over a Model X? Cost? An X? Because it's going to be a lot cheaper. That's the cost yeah. is yeah. basically what it comes down to. And well, it's smaller too. It's a Model 3 size. It's smaller. Okay. So it's basically like the... the So they're just trying to complete their model line is what they're yeah. trying to do. Where does the truck fit into this? It doesn't look like anything else. It's, it doesn't act like anything must, else. It's must. Well, first off, hang on. This is America. So the number one selling vehicle in America is a pickup truck. First off. Second off... Yeah, but this, Anybody that's buying or thinking about buying a Ranger or a Sierra or anything else like that. There's going to be an all-electric F-150 in a year. Fine, but that person is not going to cross shop no. this truck. <laughs> no. So it's not even worth bringing up that it's a truck or anything. It's not even... Look, I mean, this is apparently Elon's coolest creation. This is his favorite creation. This is Elon's pet. It looks like it's out of Tron, which is his favorite... Or the Highlander, and this is his favorite movie, and this is what he wants. Not It's a... Oh God! What is the movie now? Like I said in the in the other episode, I think it's cool that it pushes the envelope. I want more manufacturers to try new things, even if they're going to fail, because every manufacturer right now is producing generally low margin products compared to what they were doing in the fifties and sixties, where they were just making money hand over. Do fist. you remember? What, not that we remember. We're not that old, but do you remember the theoretical time where? One year you'd have a vehicle, and the next year you'd have a new bumper, and the next year you'd have new headlights. And it's like there was not you had to do crash testing every year and, and all this stuff. And like you you could have a sixty that looked different than the sixty one, and you could have a seventy that looks different than the seventy two. I mean, like what an era! What a what a time! Where you yeah you could update the full fascia of the front of the truck or whatever. I mean, I think the and C, all the chrome, the, C10 is the like chrome. Really, yeah, I was born in the wrong era. Mm, I don't know. You wouldn't be on this podcast if you were born in a, in a different time. We could have hung out in that time. <laughs> so this is pretty revealing on what's going on in the car world economically. <laughs> and uh, you've mentioned this to me before, but China car market took a huge dive. Yep. You know anything about this? I mean, America's taking a dive. So America, but China's uh, theoretically. China is the largest car market in the world. So China's a big deal. So it is a uh, it's a big tell for what's going on over there. Um, so China's car market has for unprecedented second second <laughs> annual drop. Car sales in China continue to decline in November, extending a historic slump and all but ensuring a second straight annual drop for the world's biggest auto market. Sales of sedans, sport utility vehicles, minivans, and multi-purpose vehicles fell. 4.2%. In the United States, I found the most recent numbers I could find were 3.5% in October and 5.2% uh, down for just domestic cars. I, I think that overall we're down 2 million a year right now. Is if, if, if Last time, I think we went down to, I think we're at like 16-ish million. So my greatest fear is that this gets us another bad round of cars like it did in the early 2000s. What do you mean by that? Well, just look at, for example, the one series or a lot of the stuff BMW did wasn't very good and they didn't <laughs> sell a lot of cars. The used car market sucks because all the cars that were made in like 2005 to 2010 are all kind of junk. Nothing really good happened. They're all cheap. They're all crappy. I'm just worried that we're going to end up in a new cycle like that where manufacturers pull back and start making garbage again because they're just trying to keep their margins high. I don't Especially with they, all the money that they put in billions of dollars into the EV research. I don't know they're going to be able to afford to do that because it's going to be because it's a competitive market that they're going to have to put their best foot forward at this point, I think is where you're at. Um, what I would be concerned about is is the larger effect that this is a tell. I mean, we, we've, been, we've been looking at this for the last, I think we started talking about this about two years ago. We've been starting to watch sales. I mean, look, Subaru is the only automaker back in the recession in 08 and stuff that didn't have year-over-year down sales. For the last three months, Subaru's been down year-over-year. That's a bad thing. 
Well, is it like, because Subaru is not making cars that anybody wants? No, it's because all car sales are down. Okay, so it's, Subaru it's, is just not exempt this time. Exactly. So, like, if Subaru can't, if Subaru was able to survive 2008 without having a major issue, and suddenly they're having their own sales issues, it's a tell. Like, we have a problem, and it's, I mean, 120 month loans isn't helping things, and people are keeping cars a long time, and look, man, cars are expensive. The average transaction price of a car is like thirty six grand. The average transaction price of a, car, a truck is about forty six grand. How's, this is expensive stuff. When is this? There's got to be like some sort of loan bubble <clears throat> right now with cars. I mean, it's got to be. <clears throat> people keep rolling their negative equity into the next car and doing it again and again well, and again. How long can this go on? I don't know, but like, what's going on is like, I had a friend in Detroit that called me. He's like, "Dude, you're not gonna believe what my friend just did." And I'm like, "I don't know." And he's like, "My friend walked into a Ford dealership to buy an F one fifty." And he probably wanted to buy like a forty six thousand dollar XLT with some nice options, right? Or a Lariat or whatever. And you know, the sales guy's like, "Well, what do you really want?" And the guy's like, "I really want a Raptor," because of course he wants a Raptor. It's awesome. And right. the guy's like, "Well, why don't you buy a Raptor if you want a Raptor?" He's like, "Well, I can't afford a Raptor. That's a seventy five thousand dollar truck." And he's like, Boy, "Come on got, over here. Let me see. For you. Let me see what we can do." Guy walks out with a ninety six month loan and a Raptor. Jesus, at what interest rate is that at? That's does it matter? <sighs> does it matter? Because here's the, and I know people are like, of course it matters, but it doesn't matter. Here's why it doesn't matter. Well, longer loans have higher interest rate. But that's not what matters. What matters is, is in five years, someone's going to, let's just say he's a great driver. Someone hits him and the totals the truck. And the insurance company says, all right, bud, you owe us X. And he's like, whoa, I owe you? And he's like, of course you owe them because the truck's no longer worth squat and you yeah. still have two years left in your loan and you owe the bank. So he's like, fine, fine. So now he's going to roll that negative equity into the next loan because they're happily going to do that to this poor guy. And then he's going to do another 96-month loan or 120-month loan. And then the same thing's going to happen three years in. And then by the time he goes to the third car, he's going to have to file a bankruptcy. Yep. Like that's literally what's going on in America right now. Okay, so I'm just... So we're thinking $90,000 truck. The 2012 Ford F-150 SVT Raptor are about 20 to 30 grand right now, it looks like. For what? Oh. For uh, like a 2012. I'm just looking at the price. How much did you say? They're, they're 25, 30 grand. And I actually believe, and this is my prediction, that the, that's the first gen truck, by the way. Yep. I think the second gen truck's going to hold its value better. Okay. So it's just that much better just, of a truck. I, I want to make a point. <clears throat> so these things were how much new? Do you know? What the 2012 I'll, I'll, I'll bet you they were about 62 grand. Okay, so can guessing. you imagine doing, a, it's 2012, you did a 96-month loan. They got, weren't doing them back then, but keep going. You've got, you've got two years left on your loan, and you've, and you've lost $50,000 of value. And you're still paying. You've got two years left to go and on Someone totals loan. your truck. You're paying eight or $900 a month. Easily. Right? Yep. Something like that? Something like that. I mean... It's crazy. Absolutely insane. You would hate that truck. After six or seven years, your loan's not up yet. You're still paying on that thing, and it's six or That's seven years old. That's the problem is your eye starts wandering after about four years. That's it? <laughs> My eye starts wandering after about five minutes. That's because you have car ADD. Yeah. So what should I do with the uh, with the Mercedes, the AMG that I've got? What's next? What do you think I should buy? I think you should drive your 190E. I am. That's what I'm satisfied. keeping. I am. So it, Oh, you want to you want to get another car? I'm going to get another car to play with. What do you think? God, you're ADD. It's at least a year. <laughs> I'll have it at least it's a, a year. whole year. Ah, <laughs> uh, what can you spot. see me this in? This is not What's, prepped for the show. That's all right. What can you see me in? <laughs> a Miata. No. I know, I know, I know. No. Uh, you still want a 944, I think. I do. You still you know, want a 944. I want to, the problem with the 944 <laughs> is they look pretty good, yep. especially if they're nice and, you know. What about 928? 
also an option. I went and looked at one that was a complete disaster. Was that the one with the messed up dash and the dried out skin and everything? Yeah, and the transmission yeah. was in the trunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that guy, that guy actually sent me a message. Really? And said, "Don't ever contact me." again why i don't know i said what's the deal dude he's like don't ever contact me again don't call me don't come to look at any of my cars for sale never talk to me again what was the problem i don't know Maybe what'd I, you do nothing i was so polite he was super happy when i left took pictures of my 911 was like oh we'll see you later goodbye but maybe it's because i posted a picture on my instagram of like oh this thing sucks <laughs> oh you talking about the video i saw yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he probably or, saw that he probably it. saw that and was he like thought oh, you were a jerk yeah. well, what difference does it make it wasn't like i was it is what know, it is it wasn't like i was wow check out this dude uh, you were still contemplating the car and it was not i know look at this dash the dash is not like <laughs> i zoomed on his kitchen window and made fun of the pie that the, his wife had sitting on the door sill i mean what's the deal it was completely ridiculous all right so buster conrad is out on uh out on location for us today where this time i don't know but he's gonna let us know right now hi chris and jake today i'm in auburn hills michigan outside fiat chrysler north america's technology center to get some insight into one of the last car companies championing the internal combustion engine i'm speaking with aspen cordoba head of press relations for the vehicle development team so I understand you wanted to talk with us about being a stronghold for the good old fire-breathing V8. Yeah. You know our Hellcat Demon motor is kicking out about 840 horsepower these days? 840 horsepower? Good God almighty, that's a lot. Yes, I did, Aspen. With all the other automakers going all in on electrification, you seem to be going full steam ahead with cramming monumental amounts of V8 grunt into your cars and trucks. At least someone's doing it. The only hybrid offering Chrysler, Dodge, or Ram offers is the (laughs) Pacifica Hybrid release this year. Which is a great car. What do you know that the other automakers don't? Well, Buster, it's not widely known, but we released a fully electric car back in 1980, the Dodge Jet Electra 007 at a range of about 70 miles without using a single drop of gasoline. And you know, fresh off the oil crisis in the 1970s, you'd think that have sold like hotcakes. We only sold about 500 of those damn things, and we learned our lesson. Thankfully, they were just converted Omnis, and we just dropped them out. <laughs> Otherwise, we really would have lost a shirt. This whole electric car thing is just a virtue signaling fad, and if we've learned anything at all from 74 years of making the Jeep Wrangler, it's that when something works, you just stay the course and the money flows in. Speaking of Jeep, you know we fit that 707 horsepower Hellcat motor into the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk? I've heard about it, and it's really impressive. That's a hell of a way to get home from the grocery store before the ice cream melts. Is that, if it ain't broke, don't fix it philosophy? Why the Charger and Challenger are still built on the 15-year-old platform developed with Mercedes? Now don't you go forgetting the 300. Hey, what's wrong with the Grand Cherokee? Really ripped up a bang and played a schnitzel with us on that LX platform. That's a great platform. I the baby out with the bathwater after we parted ways. <clears throat> our current offerings may have some German bones, but we mix in some Italian style and flair, all while keeping true to our red-blooded American muscle roots. Yee. Besides, the LX platform takes huge horsepower like a champ. It's true. Did I mention we have an 840 horsepower Challenger Demon? <laughs> you mentioned that earlier. It's and dead it's still now. really awesome. So, what do you expect the French to bring to this multinational equation after the merger with the PSA group? They have stated a commitment to being 100% electrified by 2025. Specifically, all vehicles will be hybrid or EV. What in the hell? Wait, that's probably just a thing for Europe. I mean, I mean, if we have to, I guess we could throw the tree hugger's bone and put a vehicle that nobody cares about, like the Journey, on one of their electric platforms to keep the EPA off our ass. I don't see this changing much at all for us, you know. You know, I bet we could fit the Hellcat motor in a Citron cactus. That'd be I mean, awesome. I'd drive that. Now that I think about it, it sounds like you've got all this well planned out, and no part of this merger whatsoever was a desperate reaction to missing the boat on modern electric vehicles at all. <laughs> I was worried there for a moment. Hey, now you get it. 
We're focused on the future, and the best soundtrack for that future is a V8 rumble. Yeah. Our latest project is fitting the Hellcat engine into a Ram Promaster City. We've been kicking <laughs> around drive either that. Krampus or Baphomet for the model name. Now just think, <laughs> you could do donuts while delivering donuts. <laughs> Would you like to go take it for a spin after the interview? You don't have to twist my arm. Do the golf carts outside have Hemis in them too? Back to you in the studio. So I had the, the that old Dodge Omni electric thing. I had forgotten all about that. I guy. didn't even know about it. It is. He was texting me earlier today, and I didn't even know about that thing. Hideous. Yeah. It's hideous. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Buster. I appreciate you calling. And you got anything else? Uh, got anything else for us, Joel? I anything mean, check else you want to talk about? I mean, with you? Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you want to see a little bit more Motor Authority stuff, head over to MotorAuthority.com. Um, you can look up Joel Fetter there and see some of the stuff that he's written. And on January 2nd, they're going to be having their uh, Car of the Year come out, which uh, is something that is much anticipated every year for those guys. So make sure you head over there and check that out. Thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All Do right. it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> see you next decade. Yeah. Take care, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you.